are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is The Dark Verse, short stories of occult, metaphysical, and fantastical horror that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. I'd like to start off this episode by thanking all of you for listening. It's really special to have a platform such as this podcast where I can kind of just vomit my creations out into the world and actually have an audience here to listen to them and appreciate them, hopefully. Now, I may not have the the biggest audience, but I do have an audience and that's what makes it special. You guys exist. You're there. Your ears to hear what I create. And so I can't thank you enough for your interest in what I write and hopefully enjoying it. So... Yeah, just like to get that out there and say thank you. This is awesome, and hopefully it will become something better and greater in the future. Now, just to hit on the story that you're about to hear, the title of it is Moongore, and I just want to share with you that this was actually a word that my wife came up with. I'm trying to remember why she said it. And I can't remember the context, but I know that she was the one that said Moongore. And then I came in and said that I'm going to write my next story based on that theme, Moongore. And I'm going to call it Moongore. So (laughs) this is the story that I wrote to encapsulate Moongore. This is episode 109 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled Moongore. Close your eyes and listen to my voice. Seep into darkness. Let body drift away. Let thought ease into solemnity. Feel your life force hum. Feel your essence radiate and transcend boundary. Feel those powers of will enable the traveling of spirit. Now, look anew, but not with your physical eyes. Open the cosmic eye inside you and look over distances greater than numbering universes and their expanding boundaries. Look beyond the knowable and make what is secret yours. There are fourteen moons we seek and fourteen of you. Each of you will discover one of these moons. You will visualize and study it in your wanderings. You will feel its rotation and its atmosphere and its character. You will take its terrain in your hands and let it crumble between your fingers. You will see its skies and know its planet, 
its essence will fully be known to you. And with practice and purpose, you and it will become one. From within billions of moons, you must pursue the impossible. There is one that faintly beckons you, one that waits for you, one that you must find. In your void, in your silent shell, cast a spell of discernment. One light, one path, all that is in sight. One call, one sign, upon you will befall. In your heart, a rhythm of its ways. In your mind, the spectral life of its days. A body is sought, a lunar dot, a moon in its reflective clout. A glory is there, that heavens bear, its name you must boldly shout. My words ended to an activity of voiceless intention. My students, with their long, breast-length hair falling over their faces, hung their heads low as they sat cross-legged on the mildly luminescent rugs of the spire platform atop a Parshar Hall. A lone citadel erected out of the arm and hand-bone remains of a gargantuan ages-old being on the barren planet of Okrimrenal. Light yellow collars on white shirts and black robes that pulsated the flicker of deep bronze flames as two-dimensional projections clothed those selected to be a part of my class. Accessible exclusively by magical travel, only by invitation could others join us at this sanctuary of astrological learning. The dark plum terrain of the planet held a sheen of soft yellow as the dense atmosphere scattered the sun's light heavily upon the sooty, hilly, empty grounds. The sky was a golden white, riddled with millions of stars, ranging in size from pinpoints to orbs half the size of the sun, and it mystified its onlookers. Its clarity eased the mind and its galactic scope filled the imagination with dreamlike wonder. As my students embarked on the meditative journeys into the deeper workings of their psyches, my own mind drifted into a lull of reminiscing. I recalled those events that became the engine of this class and its purpose. Across hovering steps of white light, like smooth stones in a pond, I ran through vast space full of colorful nebulas. My every step was a measure of light years, as if galaxies were mere parks to jaunt across and explore. There was not a sound or smell, and my breaths were not of air, but of the vivid, staggering scenery around me that flowed into my spiritual depths. My aura exuded in physicality, a reflection of my exalted demeanor. The trail led me to a colossal observatory concealed between systems. Here, five cosmic shepherds of cloaked visages herded and swirled thousands of stars between extended, collecting arms. Within their hands, creation ebbed and flowed. Great apostochrons, I called out. I beseech thee. The behemoth entities ignored me. Will you not hear my pleas? I screamed at them. Will you not heed the woes of your faithful disciple? 
Will you not heed the woes of existence? Without shifting its focus, one of the five massive shepherds shooed me with a hand, sending me from their realm in a violent vortex of travel. Hair that was woven together in front of my eyes separated and fell loosely to its original state as I exited my trance. Upon my knees at the top of a parsher hall, with hands and fists and eyes to the sky, I yelled in rage and disgust. Anguish tensed my leg and arm muscles, causing them to cramp with their lack of hydration. I let the pain burn and fuel my animosity. I will never give up, my love. I spoke softly, yet intently, as I took control of my emotions. My nerves still clamored. I will save you and all of existence and bring you back to those who love you. A streak of pink and orange neon light in the sky blazes through distant space. A massive beast of shifting, metallic-like skin numerous wraith-like limbs and the head of a dying star chases it gaining on it cosmic terror rules the heavens as the light frantically exerts its efforts to evade the beast but the beast overtakes the light constraining it and vanishing i watch as my husband's body beside me dematerializes to join its spirit under the possession of zelaxorectal the galactic demon. Teacher, one of my students said in an effort to bring me back to consciousness. Teacher. He repeated the word until I came to. When he saw my eyes open, he alerted me of time's orientation. It has been three hours. Thank you, I said in reply, slouching my shoulders and neck in relief. I looked out upon the ensemble of students who still sat in their positions of meditation. Rest, I said to them, and we will reconvene at third light. The students left me, and I remained upon the spire platform for a short while longer, collecting my thoughts. The vision refreshed my passion for what had to be done and I redirected this vigor back towards my students during the next class session, motivating their desires to accomplish the extraordinarily difficult task of locating the moons of Moralia and the even more difficult task of forging unions with them. The moons of Moralia were fourteen moons scattered across all of space that were linked by a unique essence. Each moon contained the spirit of a deeper, enigmatic lesson, a philosophy immortalized not in a medium of language, but in energy. These spirits' wisdoms were gleaned by inner sensations and feelings that then compelled truths to surface in the mind. These truths were as innate as matter and science, and contained knowledge as old as creation itself. I knew of their locations, and had, myself, absorbed their teachings. But my students had to find them for their own, in order to unlock the full potential of a relationship with them. This single class of fourteen students was designed for one purpose, to seek out and destroy Zelaxorectal and rescue my husband. 
In my astral travels, I had learned of the galactic demon and its desires to accelerate the expansion of its dark and twisted universes and overtake the dominions of the apostochrons, the custodians of life and the pillars of my beliefs. My husband, Carminal Albatos, founder of the Aparsher School of Universes and its great hall on the planet of Ocryronol, was a master of dark energy who had journeyed the reaches of existence and learned extensively of its unlimited growth. He was the perfect instrument for Zelex Erectal to harness and accomplish its goals. The Apostochrons were my first choice in opposing the galactic demon, but they chose to remain idle, despite the knowledge of their nemesis' intentions. I was forced to use my own power, enhanced by the moons of Moralia, to face Zelex Erectal and free my husband. For three years, my students meditated and sought out the moons of Moralia before they discovered them. And after one more year of familiarizing themselves with their moons, studying them, learning from them, and fully embracing their essences, they began the transference of their flesh and spirits to lunar body. On the day of their transcendent revelations, one by one, over a span of several hours, the students phased out of corporeality to join with their moons. Transparent echoes of themselves lingered like ghosts, simulacrums that then acted of their own accord, standing, opening their eyes, and reaching for the sky before bursting into quantum dispersions of particles that lifted upwards as if in search of their lost hosts. I felt the essences of my students in their new homes, body, mind, and spirit embedded in and in control of celestial valor. The power sang. It rippled waves of strange harmony across all universes that connected the moons together in the awesomeness of Moralia. Like babies in wombs, the students began to tap into the arcane sustenance of the moons to grow and evolve into new creations. When all of my students had departed and embraced their new existences, a chilling reverence coated a Parshar Hall. The air felt charged and a subtle scent of char emanated from it. A tingling sensation slid across my flesh and up my spine. From within my hair, I pulled a pin, letting the black locks fall down to their full lengths. Almost as soon as my hair had fallen, the ends levitated and joined together in front of my eyes, braiding shades that concealed them. The hair follicles that were a part of these coverings were in constant flux, living weaves that changed in pattern but held in shape. With the aid of this meditative apparatus, my spellcaster transition, I let my mind open onto its full astral potential. My cosmic eye opened to a four-dimensional map of the universes where the moons of Moralia newly glistened. And within these moons I could see the youths, their expanding bodies converting into pulpy masses that pump like hearts in the cores of the lunar globes, engines running for the first time, converting matter into arcane machinery. The moons were now accessible to my influence. 
Tears swelled in my eyes with an immense mixture of pride, sorrow, and joy that befell me. Pride in the astronomical success my students attained. Sorrow for what I was about to do to them. And joy in knowing my husband's salvation was near. I tilted my head back slightly, outstretched my arms at forty-five degree angles from my torso with elbows relaxed and palms opened upwards, and engaged in the uncanny magnificence of astrological magic. From the roots of matter, using the gravity of heavenly bodies as a collective force, I pulled upon the moons of Moralia, dragging them together across incalculable distances until they collided in a mighty spectacle of interstellar impact. Within the moons, the gelatinous masses of the students burst and splattered as ectoplasm that congealed the fragments of destruction into a single mass. Leaving my body in spirit form, I projected myself towards the new entity. Upon reaching it, I refined its form and sculpted its figure. I gave it limbs and shoulders to bear my presence as its head. Affixing myself to this being of enlivened moralium moons, we set out to face Zalexorectal and reclaim my husband. From the depths of all universes to the expanding reaches of dark energy, from wormholes and interdimensional passageways to the warped perplexities within black holes, we search for the galactic demon and its prisoner, Carminal Albatos. Moments turn into years and years into decades, and over such time my astral flesh perished, leaving my spirit to fully meld with the moon beast. It evolved me and pushed my cosmic existence into the fierceness and intensity of a star. Fresh in power, I shone as a beacon of dread atop a moon-armored husk. With this power and the absence of discovery came madness. Madness that slayed apostochrons and converted universes into black maelstroms. And as this corruption grew, the light of my essence began to die. The solidness of the moon body began to deteriorate. Decades became centuries, and centuries became millennia, leaving us, the moon beast, as a slowly decaying mutation of intergalactic magics. We then witnessed a master of dark energy sway the speed of universe's expansions and lusted after his abilities. We hunted him, chasing his streaks of neon pink and orange light before overtaking him. In our grasp, as he burned away beneath our caustic energy, but not before pulling in his physical appearance, we saw his face and perished under a final remembrance of love. The Lexorectal was no more. That concludes episode 109 of The Dark Verse. If you'd like to listen to and or download all of the past episodes, you can do so at thedarkverse.com, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and a number of other great sites. If you have the time, please give the podcast a rating or review on iTunes. And if you thoroughly enjoy the podcast and like to support 
what I do, you can do so at patreon.com slash the dark verse. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the dark verse. Thank you. All stories on the Dark Verse are the sole property of Shark Child and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without his written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love. <laughs>